3: Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, October 5th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the U.S. Department of Education sends nearly $20 million to Mississippi for charter school expansion. Then lawmakers hear from the insurance commissioner regarding a dispute between the state's largest hospital and a major insurance provider. Plus, we talked to the man commissioned to design the Natchez Color Troops Monument. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A nonprofit in Mississippi has earned a federal grant to expand charter schools in the state. Mississippi First, a nonpartisan organization advocates for school choice and early childhood education, has received a $19.3 million charter school program grant. From the U.S. Department of Education, Executive Director Rachel Cantor says 90% of the funds will be given as grants to qualifying charter schools in the state. She shares more with our Lacey Alexander.
0: In terms of the governance of charter schools, that is radically different because traditional public schools are government-run, government-operated. They are controlled by local school boards or, say, the State Department of Education also has some direct-run specialty schools. The charter schools are run by other entities outside of the traditional public school system. In Mississippi, they're exclusively run by nonprofits. The charter schools are allowed some level of flexibility from some rules that traditional public schools have to follow. In return for that level of flexibility, they are granted some autonomy. So they are not for example, they are not directly controlled by the Mississippi Department of Education. The, the rules are based on what is in the law and what is in their contract that they hold with the Mississippi Charter School Authorizing Board, which is the state agency in Mississippi that is allowed to approve charter schools. However, charter schools still have to abide by state testing. They still get grades like traditional public schools. They must still follow the same state learning standards and state graduation requirements. They get the same funds that traditional public schools receive in terms of state, local, and federal funds. And they must follow the same civil rights requirements, um, requirements for students with disabilities, those types of things. But they get freedom and flexibility from however the traditional public school system within their community wants to run their schools. So they could pick their own curriculum, they could set their own schedules, they have other flexibilities like that.
1: Your organization works with a variety of different schools in and in different types of schools in Mississippi. As someone who understands how our local schools work very well, do you see a grant like this potentially hurting public school systems at all?
0: No. Well, first of all, charter schools are public schools. They are not traditional public schools, but they are public schools. What we see is charter schools being a part of a healthy K-12 public education system. Charter schools provide parents and or another public school that their children can go to if they are dissatisfied with the traditional public school that they are zoned for. In Mississippi, we currently have eight operating charter schools, 10 have been approved but are not yet open, or two are not yet open that have been approved. Um, one, there's actually 11 that have been approved now because one was approved just just last week um, by the Mississippi Charter School Authorizing Board that will also open in the future. Five of our operating public charter schools are in the city of Jackson. One is in the city of Clarksdale, and one is in the city of Greenwood. They are not very in very many places across the state. They serve about 2,000 children statewide, and the parents who have chosen to put their children in those schools have chosen to do so because they're dissatisfied with their other local public school options. We believe that We To have a strong public education system, we need to have excellent traditional public schools, and we need to have excellent charter schools. And parents need to have the flexibility to choose a public school that is best for them. And children have to have access to excellent public schools if we want our state's economy and the life of our citizens to be better. And so we support charter schools inside excellent traditional public schools, and we actually think it can be a very healthy – we can have a very healthy balance where – Sort of both sides of that equation are contributing to that overall mission of an excellent public school for every child.
3: Rachel Cantor is the executive director of Mississippi First. Coming up, lawmakers hear from the insurance commissioner regarding a dispute between the state's largest hospital and a major insurance provider. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere.
1: Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB
0: Think Radio channel.
3: A joint legislative committee on insurance has begun discussions on what policies the state could enact this coming legislative session. Insurance Commissioner Mike Cheney appeared in front of lawmakers this week and addressed an ongoing dispute between the state's only Tier 1 trauma facility and a major insurance carrier. Cheney says in March, the University of Mississippi Medical Center sent a letter to Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi informing the insurance carrier it would cancel their network contract. Cheney told lawmakers it really boils down to one thing.
2: This is about money, and And the University of Mississippi has some good points. They think they should be paid more for several of their uh, procedures that they perform at the university. Blue Cross doesn't think they deserve any more money. Both of them are, are right, both of them are wrong. So... It, is an example under the blue card that our Blue Cross of Mississippi administers, they pay at Mississippi network rates. If a person in Tennessee or Alabama, let's use Alabama because I'm familiar with it, um, lived in Mississippi and they had a Blue Cross of Alabama card or policy, and they went to the, well, any healthcare provider for a procedure, it cost $1,000, Uh, our Blue Cross would pay $1,000 under the network agreement that they have. But if that same policyholder had gone to Alabama, to the University of Alabama, and had this procedure done, it would have been $1,200. You get it? $200 difference? And the University of Mississippi wants to be paid on the same basis as the University of Alabama in Birmingham for the same procedure, which I understand that but we don't control the blue card. The blue card is the National Association of Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I've, I've tried to understand it. So the best way I can explain it is just the way I told you. And I guess Blue Cross of Mississippi bills Blue Cross of Alabama to get their $1,000 back. And so what, mean, what that means to us, and those of you in the room that may have Blue Cross or any other policy, You're subsidizing policies in other states. Just think about it. You're subsidizing policies in other states. So it's an issue.
3: Cheney says there are policy lessons to be learned from the dispute and as the regulatory agency will offer solutions to avoid similar conflicts in the future.
2: What we will probably propose as our third uh, leg of the stool that we said we were going to present will be something called... Uh, when you can or cannot cancel a network agreement between a health care provider and an ins- health insurance carrier. And we are going to probably propose that you cannot cancel a policy until 90 days before open enrollment. The reason for that is our law is similar to Louisiana's, that you have continuity of care for 90 days after a policy is canceled. You, you've got to, if somebody's seeing you, say it. University Medical Center, you've got to see them for 90 days if they they have a medical condition, and Blue Cross would pay you at network rates. Now, neither one of the entities here would agree that this is a good way to solve the problem. Blue Cross is going to say, probably, uh, if you ask them, that you can't do that because um, we're going to lose our policies, holders. They may go to another carrier, competition, that's possible. People like the University Medical Center may say, we don't like it because we don't have the leverage to try to make Blue Cross pay us more money. But folks, it is wrong for any entity, whether it's the University Medical Center or any health care provider, to use patients and policyholders as pawns to get more money. And that's what we have right now going on in the state in this dispute.
3: All right, we're back. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The community of Natchez is moving closer to finalizing plans for a colored troops monument. The proposed statue will honor the more than 3,000 black soldiers who served at Fort McPherson along the banks of the mighty Mississippi River. Artist Jay Warren has been awarded the commission and was in Natchez last night to present his design. The Mississippi native says it's his way of casting a positive light on the state.
1: I've spent quite a bit of my career uh, dedicated to works uh, that recognize civil rights figures and events. That's a, a considerable part of my portfolio, and I'm most proud of that be honest. You know, it's a, a white man who grew up in the Delta. Uh, I, I feel like, I, you know, I'm doing something positive for the image of Mississippi when I create these pieces. I, um, you know, I've worked on pieces, statues of Dr. King, John Lewis. Uh, Med- I did the Medgar Evers statue that's in, uh, in Jackson. It was one of my very first uh, public commissions. So it's kind of, I feel like I'm drawing near the end of my uh, career, and I feel like it's, it's great. To, I started in Mississippi, Medgar Evers, and it's great to come back and, and uh, be able to create this piece for the city of Natchez.
3: What do you have in mind, or are they going to tell you what they want, or can you conceptualize it?
1: No, I can conceptualize it, and I have. I've been presenting my designs to the committee and uh, to folks here in Natchez and public meetings where folks from around town, around the uh, county can come in and see the, the designs that I've come up with and, and to you know give their preference and comments about it. Um, I'm working with a landscape architect from Greenwood, Brantley Snipes, who's designing the actual landscape of the site where my bronze uh, monument will go.
3: This monument will be in the center of town?
1: No. Well, it's not exactly center of town. It's actually going to be on a, a spectacular site, the most incredible site in, in all of my career, on the bluff overlooking the river there in Natchez. On a, uh, It's in a, a big open space field where... The U.S. Colored Troop soldiers used to march up the road from their camp down by the river up to this field to drill along with the white soldiers who were uh, barracked there at the fort. So it's on a very historic site. It's a beautiful site, and it's it's easy to access. I mean, you can walk to it from the center of Natchez very easily.
3: How big will it be?
1: Um, The statues I'm proposing – It'd be three figures to represent the, you know, three different, um, branches of service that were there the U.S. Colored Infantry, the U.S. Uh, colored Heavy Artillery, and the, and, the uh, um, uh, folks from Natchez who, did, uh, enlisted in the Navy. Uh, one, one of which is, a, is an incredible figure named, uh, Wilson Brown. He was on a plantation, slave on a plantation in Natchez, and, during the war, beginning of the war, he, uh, jumped in the Mississippi River and swam to, out to a Union, uh, ship and volunteered for the Union Navy. And he went on to become the, the only Mississippi native to receive the Medal of Honor from the Civil War.
3: Well, Tom Warren, we appreciate your time in speaking with us about this project, and we look forward to hearing more about it and its eventual completion.
1: Okay, well, thank you so much for talking to me.
3: This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.